kids Come join us at the corner Of the round table Welcome to the corner of the round table. Now it's just me tonight, everyone. Um, the boys are busy and we'll probably end up doing a Saturday morning podcast when we discuss a bit of sport before the racing as we will all be in the same place for once. I'll be going down visiting the boys. We're going to have a bit of a punt derby day. So it should be a bit of fun. So keep an eye out on Spotify and all those other platforms uh, for a podcast probably on, on Saturday morning. Now we'll do the usual uh, with the podcast tonight, so we'll probably do a weekend in review, it'll only be brief. Um, three horses to follow now, it's quite difficult to find a horse to follow as a lot of the grand finals are happening. Um, I'll touch on three, ra- um, sorry, four races there at Flemington, um, with a couple of bets that I'm considering, and then a couple of notes towards the end of it, just with other races that I don't want to touch on in depth. We'll then go to Rose Hill. We'll touch on three races there. Um, I've got a couple of Friday tips and I've got one at Eagle Farm that I want to talk about. So touching on the weekend in review, uh, we went back to a winning weekend, which was fantastic, thanks to a brilliant ride from Bo Mertens there on Skybird in the Phillies Classic, I think it was called. Um, she was enormous, very patient ride, sat right out the back. I ended up betting in run there because I was actually in front of a, a live tab screen so I could actually have a bit of fun there rather than watching the delay on my phone. So I managed to get quite a decent price about Skybird in play and she obviously saluted, which was fantastic. Um, we also backed Magic Time in the invitation. I thought she was given quite a torrid run there by Tyler Schiller sitting wide, but she kept coming to the line only to get done by Espiona and a few others there. We also backed Vidad in the vase. Um, I think he's come to the end of his prep and... In my opinion, shouldn't be running this weekend, but um, Connections have obviously opted to go to the Derby, but we'll touch on him a little bit more and his chances down uh, when we when we preview Flemington. Um, now, the Cox Plate wash-up, which is quite interesting. So I thought Gold Trip was a great chance in that race. Um, I thought the pace of the race and the way it would have set up um, would have suited him. I didn't like the fact that you kind of had to be in lanes probably one to four to really win. And as you can see, a lot of the throughout the day, to be honest, a lot of um, jockeys were trying to get that rail position just to get there. Now, you obviously didn't want to be necessarily be leading, but you wanted to be in the fast lanes. And I thought Gold Trip was quite unlucky. I thought Fangirl was quite unlucky. Probably make a case that Militarise was also unlucky and Dewey certainly was unlucky. Now, that's not taking away from the top three because I thought Romantic Warrior, Brightside and Alligator Blood were all enormous and it was just an elite ride from, from J-Mac where we got Romantic Warrior positioned. Romantic Warrior obviously improved by about three lengths, which obviously got him the W. And I think you can look at that race and I think the top five and Fangirl... Um, are probably the horses follow um, to follow, I guess, moving into the next races. Obviously, um, Romantic Warrior now goes back to Hong Kong and he'll likely start very, very short favourite in one of the features over there. Um, I'm not sure if Brightside's going to go towards the Champion Stakes or the Champion's Mile. Um, Alligator Blood most likely will face West Wind Blows in the Champion Stakes. Dewey, I hope, goes there. Gold, Gold Trip's obviously going to the Melbourne Cup and Fangirl, again, is still up in the air. So let's just wait and see what happens with that. Now we also on Sunday, I, know I steered a couple of the boys into it, Equinox, Japan and the world's best racehorse raced in the Autumn Tenno show there. Um, he absolutely blitzed them, he broke the track record um, by an incredible amount and he's going to solidify himself as the world's best racehorse this year. Um, it was great to watch. Somehow Corbs managed to jag a dollar sixty-six about him. Um, I had to settle for a dollar fifty, but it was a great watch. He sat behind the two leaders who set out at a blistering pace, peeled wide, and gave nothing else a chance. Now the horse, you, if you go back and watch the replay of it, there was a horse rocketing down the outside. Now that horse is a proper Group One horse there in Japan, and he still gave it windburn. So really good to see. Now, there were three horses that I um, I want to follow or put in the black book there. Now, the first one was So Dazzling, which was actually on the Friday night there at Mooney Valley in the Mooney Valley Cup. 
Um, now, originally, I thought it was going to go the Archer this weekend at Flemington, but it, um, John Sargent came out after accept or before acceptances this. I think it was on Wednesday morning, and said that she'll be aimed for the Queen's Cup on Stakes Day. So it's a thing, a two thousand six hundred meter race, with probably eyes towards the Zipping Classic potentially. I think she's a really good bet there. Now, I came across one that I really liked in the Skybird race, which was the mile race there. Now, there's a horse called Quickster. Now, it's still a maiden, so the fact that Peter Moody and, and Kat Coleman decided to take this horse after a maiden run where it didn't even win it to a stakes or a listed grade, um, it started 50-something dollars in the, in the market, but it absolutely rocketed to the line and copped some of the best late sectionals. I think two and 100 metres of the day in the top 10, I think. And also copped um, just as good a sectionals as Skybird. It's just Skybird didn't have to go around a horse. Um, and the last one was the, in the first race, a horse called Bold Bastille, ridden by Zara. Uh, I thought it was really enormous on debut, very similar to that of Shangri-La Express from the previous week. It led them up and then obviously put them to the sword and probably heading towards a slipper. So... In terms of slipper markets, you, I think Bold Bastille and Shangri-La Express are probably the two horses that I'm really looking forward to seeing come back in the new year, um, pretty, pretty much heading towards those kind of autumn features. Now, we head to Flemington this weekend, obviously, for Derby Day. Um, the rail's in the true position now with the historical data. 38.3% of winners have been leading, 234 have been midfield, and 383 have been backmarker. Now, I looked back at the most recent meeting with the rail in the true position. That was on the 16th of the 9th um, this year. And one leader won with the remaining coming from midfield or beyond. So that was a really windy day. I think we can remember we spoke about Road to Arataki copying it. Um, so I think you can be forgiving of, of that. And I think you're going to get fair racing there on Saturday with, with pretty nice weather. So I think we've got cloudy but no rain expected, which is incredible and so good. Um, and that's also going to follow through into Cup Day on Tuesday, which is awesome. Now we've got those three feature races in the Group 1s in the Derby, the Coolmore and the Empire Rose. And then we've got a couple of good races there in the support card. So I'm going to talk about races 3, 6, 7 and 9 as there's a couple of horses in those races that I want to touch on. And obviously they're the Group 1s. And then um, I also want to just mention a couple of things with other races there because there's a few little notes, particularly for those who want to play quaddies, that we'll probably want to see. So the first race I want to touch on is race three there, which is the Furphy Sprint. So it's a set, set weights and penalties race there over the 1,100 metres down the straight. So originally looking at the acceptances there for the race, had us four on top. I think she was about 2.30 in all in markets. And originally Henry Dwyer said that he was going to go down this uh, route with her, but has opted to go down the champion sprint and go face Imperatrice and in secret um, on the following Saturday. Um, which really opens up this race. Now, Zapateo's come out this morning. I thought the horse had no chance, um, which is disappointing because I thought there was a real hole in the market and I wanted to play around it. But it's unfortunate, but it just opens this race up. And I think you can still get a price about the horse that I'm quite keen on. So in terms of the pace and speed map, I think you've got a very, very fast pace set in this race. You've got Scarlet, uh, Starlight Scope south of Houston, H, uh, H2O, hypothetical red card and probably queen of the ball all setting up a quite a decent tempo so i'll touch on a few horses that are i'm quite keen on in this or, or horses that i think of, of note and then i'll give you the bet at the end so the first one is dancing alone now i think it's really been uh, enormous this prep um i think the only blemish on uh, its record was in back in a mare's bm 78 back in sydney funnily enough now unfortunately it does lose blake shin for this race which is interesting who he opts for uh to ride rose quartz who's actually been wet with a bit of market support since um since zapatio's come out um i think it's a big step up in grade obviously we're jumping up from uh, bm 78 there at Caulfield into um, a group three. So let's just wait and see if the handles it. Obviously, it gets the weight relief, which is good, and still gets Billy Egan, who's who's riding really, really well at the moment. Um, there's been actually a couple of horses that have won since, albeit in weaker grade, from some of these Dancing Alone races. So I think uh, it's a good chance, and uh, outside of the scratching, I think market has kind of left it pretty um, pretty stable there around the 4, 420 mark. Um, after deductions. 
You've then got Rose Quartz there, who's come within one length of Vivianne, uh, but also beat home Ashford Street last start by two lengths, and She Dances by three and a half lengths. So both of those horses have won really stylishly since. Uh, Vivianne probably had an end of prep run and was actually beaten by another horse, which we'll touch on soon. Um, last start there at Caulfield. Um, Rose Quartz has a really good record down the Flemington Strait for six starts, two wins and two seconds. Now, it does have a fourth and a ninth on its record. Um, I think in this race last year, it ran ninth, and it does get Blake Shin, which is obviously a big, big push. Um, since, obviously, the scratching of Zapateo, it's been backed into favoritism. So I think you're getting around 380, 390 about it. Now, red card is an interesting one. So it's back to 1,100 metres, which is a really big positive for the horse because I don't think um, she can stretch out past that. Not not this particular time um, at the moment. Um, she did beat home Airman and Smashing Eagle first up. Now, Airman went on to, to run third in the Sydney Stakes there behind... I am me who ended up coming out and running second to Imperatriz on the night. So you can see how you can line up a lot of these form lines. Um, and he did, um, Airman did beat home some nifty sprinters in that Sydney Stakes. Now, this brings me to the bet that I'm really keen to have. Now, I've taken a really early price. Now, I am going to cop some deductions, unfortunately, but I did take the $19 about Lempika, number five. Now, the horse is absolutely airborne this prepped. Um, it kicked off in much weaker grades, over 1,000 metres at Sandown. Did beat home Lady Die, not much more. And then went to another BM70, beat up on the boys, um, also winning comfortably, clocking some really elite late sectionals. It then went to the listed Lingy, beat home Hypothetical, who's actually, funnily enough, weird ahead of it in the market. Vivianne, who obviously we can tie in with Rose Quartz, because Vivianne was beaten by Rose Quartz. Um, also beat home Willinga Beast, um, H2O, and... She reads them in a relatively similar weights. Now, you go back and look at the record. Flemington probably doesn't have a great record here. He's never never placed from two attempts. Um, but I think if you go back and look at um, her form, I think she's just right. Like, she's just in, an, in a rich vein of form, and I don't think you can not back her. So I'm on at 19s on a each-way basis, but I still think if you can get double-figure odds about her, considering that there are holes in Queen of the Ball and Hypothetical, I think it's a really, really good bet. So let's move on to race six there. So it's a cool more stud stakes. And in my opinion, the race of the day. Um, obviously, this is the 1,200-meter stallion-making race. Now, we've had some pretty elite horses have won this race in the past. You've had In Secret, Home Affairs, September Run, Exceedance, Sunlight, Merchant Navy, Brazen Bow, Zoo Star, Sapoi, Star Witness, Weekend Hustler, and Enter Costa de Lago. They're more probably your mill recent times. Now, how I look at this race, it's it's probably not a vintage Coolmore for me. Like it's that there's been better ones that have certainly um, been raced, but I still think it's a really good race. And I've actually got an interesting angle with this, which will probably if I put out my um, my opinions there on Twitter or social media, I'll probably get hounded by a couple of the pros. But each to their own opinion there. So in terms of the speed map and pace in this race, I've got uh, Cellui, Osmosis, Moravia, Snapback, who are all likely probably going to roll forward and set a decent moderate tempo. And I think Butch Cassidy, Arkansas Kid, um, Cylinder, Kings Gambit, and Steppity can probably be all midfield with Shinzo, Treasureway, Shelight, I'm Unstoppable, Nadal, and Stretton Angel probably out the back. Now, keep an eye on a couple of these early races. So um, just to see where they're going. So... In terms of sprint races, you've got the Furphy Sprint in race three. You've then got the um, Rising Fast Stakes in race four. So keep an eye on where the horses are going in those two races because that'll kind of shape where the best ground is. And if you've drawn out wide and on the rails is best place to be, then probably going to have a blow in the market and you can probably get a better price if you still think the horse can win. And vice versa, if you see them coming down the outside rails and your horse has drawn barrier one or two, then you're probably going to get a better price about it as well. So let's touch on, I'll touch on pretty much a lot of the horses in this and then I'll just give a little spill on which horses I'll probably be likely to back and probably in, a, in well, probably not back because I think this race is really open, but likely to put in my quaddy. So the first one's their cylinder. So he brings the A form line coming through the Everest. However, um, I think like 
I feel like he's had a quite a few grand finals already, and he has had four runs this prep. So he obviously kicked off in that vein stakes there, which only just got over I Am Unstoppable. He then went to the run to the Rose and won it very nicely. He then went to the Golden Rose, which I think was his first grand final. He obviously got done by point two lengths of Militarise, who went to the Caulfield Guineas, and, and that race didn't rate too well, as did the Golden Rose for that matter. He then went to the Everest, which I think is his second grand final. He did perform quite well in it, but I think he was more gifted his position in run from the barrier rather than him actually matching it with the best of the best in terms of think about it, wish I win, private eye, and in secret. Um, obviously, he J-Mac jumps off him, which is really interesting, and then obviously Tim Clark's taken over, who's still an elite rider. I'm actually willing to not can put Cylinder in at my quaddy because of that. I just think he's been up too long. I just worry that he's he's had too many grand finals, and I think this might just be an afterthought for him. The second one is Shinzo. Obviously, $6 gets J-Mac on board. He brings similar sort of form lines as Cylinder. Now, he's a very valuable cop with Coolmore, as we know. They want another stallion making Group 1 on his CV, so that can really boost his, his profile there. Obviously, he won the slipper last year. Um, and he probably enters this race in a very similar sort of uh, way to home affairs. But here's my controversial opinion. I think the horse is not that good, and I think he's very overrated, and I think because he's got those um, cool more silks on, I think everyone's a bit horny over him, and I think it's a bit of a G-up. Now, I went and looked at his jump out there at Flemington, I think it was on the 27th of, of October, didn't blow me away. I thought it was quite plain. Everyone's talking about it being the trial of the day. I'm like, mm, I don't really think so. Um, we've got to remember also, he won the slipper as a $16 pop. So clearly the market didn't like him. He was in the best ground of the day and he got the suck run up the inside. I don't think he's a chance in this race. And I'd be controversially going to say, I think I'm going to lay him the place in this race. I think he's overrated. Um, he was lame after the Golden Rose. Um, he was shithouse in the slipper, in the, um, not the slipper, the Everest. And he only beat an injured over past Marzu and alcohol free. So I think he sucks. King's Gambit is the interesting one that I want to talk about. So obviously he was poor in that farm, that uh, first up run on the Poseidon down the straight there. Over the 1,100 metres. Now, again, we've got to remember the horse is very culty. So he's very on edge. He gets angry. He gets sweaty. He gets gets a bit flustered now. He did apparently see a piece of paper down the straight there that put him off um, in that Poseidon. And he obviously get, got done by him on top of Nacho Nacho. Um, he then came out and was gifted that Roman console there at the 12, um, over the 1,200 metres there at Rose Hill. Um it was given an absolute peach there by um, Tommy Berry. He did clop some very, very good late 400 and 200 metre splits, which were, I think, the best of the day on that particular day. Now, people will talk about how he had the bias um, bias for him in terms of the rail position and all that, but he still had to put up those elite sectionals and those elite figures. So suggests to me that he's going really, really well. But the key with this fella is do not bet on him until you see him in the mounting yard and you get Jane Ivel's approval because what you're going to see is one, if he's behaving himself or is he getting himself all amped up? Is he sweating, even though it's probably going to be a cool day down there in Melbourne? And is he up on his toes and wasting his energy? So he's going to be the one that's probably going to be a five minutes before the race bet if I was to have one on him. Now, Steppity comes into this race um, off that Caulfield Guineas. Now, I'm of the opinion that I think the horse doesn't stand, doesn't probably see out the mile, and I think he's more better suited as a 1,200-meter horse or even a 1,400-meter horse, sorry. Now, he came third in that Caulfield Guineas. Now, we know that that was a poorly uh, poor rating race. Now, I thought Militarise held his own really nicely in that in that Cox Plate. Obviously, he never threatened. I don't think he would have won with a better ride either. And King Colorado obviously flopped. So I think barrier one's a little bit sticky for him because he's not a... I don't think he's going to be naturally going forward in this race, but I'm just worried about where he's going to end up. But what we do know is he's got great Flemington stats. He can run down the straight. I think on debut or his second start, he went down the Flemington straight and absolutely blitzed them by about three and a half, four lengths. Now, one interesting thing you got to see is he gets the blinkers on for the first time. So he's probably going to be really sharp, which is fantastic. And I think he's a ripping chance. 
You've then got um, Osmosis there, who had his had his colours lowered uh, last start in that Roman console by King's Gambit, and I don't think he had any excuses. Um, my concern for him is maybe 1,200 might see him out, but I don't know. We'll wait and see. I guess we'll find out um, find out on Saturday. Um, he trialled like an absolute rocket down the straight on that same day that, that Shinzo um, did. Now, his trial was the fastest 800-meter trial of the day, and it was six lengths faster than Shinzo, King's Gambit, Moravia, and V8's trial. Now, then you've got um, Stretton Angel, who's been met, met with a bit of market support um, pretty quickly, actually, just having a look here. So the horse um, opened up in the market around the $13 mark, and it's into around the $9.50 mark, so that's really, really interesting. Um, I think they've got the straight track form, both um, Stretton Angel and I'm supple, but are they just that slight B grader and, and are they going to be able to step up um, on Saturday? It'd be interesting. Now, when Secret did win this race last year as a filly, so it's certainly something that you can see happen. Um, you've got V8 now. Obviously, he had that real forgive run there in the in the Guineas prelude where I think he was just a bit flat there behind Steppity. Um, he was enormous first up, and then I thought his run in the Caulfield Guineas was actually full of merit running second. Obviously, he um, he copped that check there from Griff, but I don't think that would have changed the result. It might have um, closed the margin, but I don't think he would have won, so I'm glad that that was um, thrown out. Um, he also gets the blinkers on, and I think he's going to um be a real chance my only concern for him is one the barrier out wide if they're if they're more coming down the um down the rails but also jamie carr on now again i say this every week i don't i'm not having a pot at jamie carr but she's riding at about eight and a half percent at the moment which is well below her actual average of about 17 to 18 percent so my worry is that she doesn't have the confidence at the moment and she's just not getting the best out of his um her horses so that's a real concern for me um, you've got Tiz Invincible. So you go back and look at the form lines of Tiz Invincible, this prep, and outside of her not running the mile, she has been absolutely enormous. And I don't understand how she's 18 bucks in the market. I think she's certainly the forgotten horse in this race at 16s. You've then got Moravia, who's tra- trialed up really nicely. Arkansas Kid was, was pretty sound. Now, Butch Cassidy is an interesting one. Now, I hate the jockey booking. I hate it because I don't rate Jamie Spencer here in Australia. But what you do look, go back and look at the form lines of this horse, this prep. So first up, he was in the San Domenico Stakes there. So he's run third there, just getting beaten by uh, Moravia and Libertad. He's beaten home not much. He's then gone to the run to the rows, and he's come within point five a length of Cylinder and Moravia and Nadal, and he's actually beaten home Militarise. And General Salute, who was a great run last start. Chrysor, I think it is, has come out in one since. So that form line is actually really nice. You then look at his run in the Golden Rose. And again, he's run fourth, only 0.2 of a length behind NCAP and Cylinder. Um, and then 0.6 of a length behind Butch Cassidy. And he actually beat home Charmstone, Moravia, King Colorado, Don Corleone, and Shinzo, and Nadal, and again, General Salute, who came out and had a good run last week. Didn't win, but was really good and started favourite. So I think he is a ripping chance in this race, and he's one that I would not be leaving out of the quaddy. So in terms of quaddy, or in terms of bets for me, I would have a very small bet on Butch Cassidy and a small bet on Steppity, because I think those two are great chances, and it wouldn't surprise me to see a horse like Tiz Invincible um, run a really good race at odds so in terms of my quality numbers i'm going to be risking shinzo and cylinder i'm going to put four five six uh 10 13 16 17 and 18 here and try and get those short price favorites uh done because i think the, the syndicates are going to come for shinzo and they're going to come for cylinder and i, I think those horses are not that great all right, so that brings us to the derby. Now, I'd hate, uh, I don't want to admit it, but I've got felt like I had a lot of pressure on me to do this race um, and do it well after last year's um, very lucky win there for, from Manzois. Um, so 
how I look at this race, it's a really interesting run. And I think I said it last year. I like to look at the breeding for one in this. And I also like to look at the foundations of a horse leading up to it. And I feel like you need to have the perfect setup to to leapfrog into this because a lot of these horses are untested past 2,000 meters leading up to this race. So you have to look for horses that are big and strong look to have a lot of stamina and obviously breeding on their side. So I had a look at the last 10 winners of the Derby and seeing what kind of races were the big lead up. So of the last 10, four of them came out of the Caulfield Classic or they call it the Neil Robinson now, I think, which Riff Rocket, Sunset, Zapulia, Gates, Gold Bullion, To Be Frank and Tokyo Run have come out of. One came out of the Caulfield Guineas, which was Hitotsu, but he was an absolute freak. Two came out of the Spring Champion in Manzois and eight Ace High. And then one's come out of the Geelong Classic. One's come out of the Vase. And the other one's come out of an 1,800-meter handicap there at Rose Hill. So I think I touched on it with Riff Rocket um, in the review there after he went down uh, by at $1.40. Is he wasn't suited by how the Neil Robinson was run. Now, I know it was a slowly run race, and he got that when he absolutely blitzed him by five lengths there and superimposed. But I feel like the race shape also was a bit different and the track was a bit different for him. So in terms of my speed bump and pace here, I've got a moderate tempo is, I think, suspect um, is probably to be a expected sorry with air assault probably leading from sacred eagle i think vidad's probably going to still sit handy but he won't likely lead with gold bullion and sunsets all rolling forward as well i think apulia can probably use that inside gate that he has and sit a little bit handier and run as can riff rocket so i'll touch on market order and then um, i'll touch on the bets as well so in terms of market order like i said riff rocket i thought he was quite all right. Like I think he's he's got the SP profile, obviously leading into this with a. I think he started a dollar twenty eight on the tote there in that Neil Robinson before going down by point one of a length. So he's going to start favourite. So the pricing is going to be the interesting thing here and see whether you want to take the the odds now. I highly recommend. Um, don't recommend it. I think you could get longer on the day. Excuse me. Um, and I'm worried about how he's going to be set up here with this race. But I think he is the best horse in the race. Now, that sounds a bit funny. Now, he's by American Pharaoh. So on breeding side, I think he'll get the trip. American Pharaoh won the, the Triple Crown there in America. Um, the only concern I really have for him is, one, that race pace that we're going to get. But two, is the extra 500 meters going to sap him of that sprint that he really likes? Now, I'm not sure. There's a few little things up in air about him, but I think he's your right favourite, and I think he's your deserved favourite with uh, J-Mac and Waller. And obviously, Waller won this race last year. Um, now, Apulia. Apulia was great last week in the Vase, beat Vidad um, after running on in that really slow tempo there in that Caulfield Classic. Um, now, he keeps Zara. He's drawn really nicely. But my only concern for him is this is his now his fourth run in five weeks. Now, is this going to really tax him? I'm not sure. And that's my my reservations now. He obviously had that slowly run the race in that Neil Robinson. That was allowed him to springboard into that um, that vase where he really got a better tempo there. I'm not sure. Um, Vidad there, as much as he's one of mine, I think he's got a really good... I've got a really good opinion of the horse, and I think he's going to come back better and stronger next um, next season or um, next prep. I think he was found out last week, and I don't think he actually stayed the 2,000 metres. Um, I think he would be better suited dropping back in trip rather than going up an extra 500 metres. Um, he does draw really nicely here. He does, unfortunately, lose the form Bo Mertens and does get Jai McNeil, and I think the 2,500 metres is going to be too much for him. So I know it's a brutal call for a, a horse that I've got a big opinion of, but I'm going to lay him the place because I don't think he's got a chance. You've got Sunsets here, who's obviously got the scalp there of Riff Rocket. The draw has not been kind to him, however, as he's drawn really far out wide. And he's likely not going to get the same setup as he did in the Classic. Um, he doesn't have a really good S pre profile, so there's probably the likelihood that he will probably start in the teens. Now, the good thing is he's got breeding on his side. He's by done deal, so the likelihood is he'll probably see out the trip quite well. Now, this brings to the, me to the horse that I'm quite keen to back in this race. Now, I hated I hated the barrier initially, a barrier 14 for him, but I think he's actually a really good chance in gates. Now, go back and watch the replay of, uh, of him in that Caulfield Guineas or that Neil Robinson there. 
Now, he flopped out the back with, with Apulia. And again, like I said, it was a very slowly run race. So those on pace or up up a bit further in, in the run had the advantage over these two. And he hit the line, actually, in my opinion, very similar to Apulia and potentially better. Now, he's by Frankel and Bellwether, I think, from memory, she was a staying mare. But either way, I think she, I think he is probably the, the the really good chance in this race at odds. Now, I do unfortunately know that he, he's going to lose Damien Lane, the form jockey in Australia, but he does get Luke Nolan, who actually won a maiden on him over the 1,500 metres. So I think he's the one on with the upside, and I think because of that, I've got pots on everything else. Now, I do have a, a futures ticket on Cost Guy there with, with Blake Shin on board. Now, Cost Guy comes out of the Geelong Classic, which was one of those races that probably hasn't produced a derby winner. Um, he missed the start, which was really, really annoying um, as I was on him. Um, he then was really quite, I guess, slow paced there coming around the bend, but it was the last 200 metres in that race that were really, really good behind Serve Cold, who's up there in Oaks Markets that I really liked. I think he's going to be outclassed here, but he's another one that I think will definitely get the trip, judging by just how his sectionals have been. So in terms of a betting play, I think Riff Rocket deserves to be the favourite, um, and he gives me very sharp and smart vibes, but I'll be backing uh, Gates each way in this race. That brings me to race eight. Oh, in terms of quality numbers, sorry, guys. I think you need to include Riff Rocket, Apulia, and I think your blowout's going to be Vidam, Gates, and I think Costco. So I would be going one, four, eight, and nine in this race. Now, that brings me to race eight there on the on the cards, which is the Empire Rose, formerly known as the Meyer Classic. For It's a mile race for fillies and mares. Now, we've had some really great horses win this race in the past. Um, it was actually, funnily enough, a period there where I, I seem to tip the winner in this race every year. So about, no, I think it was about seven or eight years ago, I tipped Politeness, then I'm a star the year later, Shoals, and then uh, the Waller Horse Shillelagh. And then I haven't got anything since, unfortunately. Um, I did have a really big bet on a horse called Odium, who was done by Damien Oliver there and Shout in the Bar a couple of years ago. Now, looking at the speed map and pace of this race, now you see two horses in here and you instantly think brutal pace. You've got Pride of Jenny, who's an absolute jet, drawing the far outside, and then you've got Deny Knowledge there, who's also an absolute jet, i.e. might and power. So I think both of them are going to roll forward and set a really, really big Bill fast um, pace. You've then got our alcohol free from the inside draw, who'll probably be thereabouts. Um, I think Road to Arataki will be there, Wish Law Last, Princess Grace, Hinged, and prob- probably Life Lessons all there. Now, I'll touch on Marketable because clearly um, Alcohol Free has been met with a bit of support after its really game fourth there in the invitation last week to only go down by 0.6 of a length from Espiona. So um, obviously gets Opie Bossom, who's an elite rider there from New Zealand, um, but does bring those elite form lines. So it's got that's an Everest form line here and an invitation form line. Um I can see why the market supports there and why Gay's backing her up because I actually think this horse is about a 1,400-meter horse to a mile. So let's wait and see. We've then got somehow, don't ask me how, Princess Grace is second favorite in this race. Um, again, doesn't has Jamie Spencer, who I'm not a big fan of as a jockey, has drawn quite awkwardly, and I don't know where she's going to be at. And do you trust her? So she peaked in her first run first up she had an enormous first up figure she's in a slight regression second up there behind Brightside, and then has really started to plummet since so go back and have a look at her her form and all of her best runs have been first or second up so to me this is suggesting that she's probably rating down continuously because she's not um, a horse who gets better deeper into the prep now i think six dollars is junk for her and i don't think she's even going to run a place so she's going to be one of my lays to place here um you've got hope in your heart who just never ever runs a bad race got a little concerns with barrier run barrier one with her and where she's going to end up and she's going to get buried on the fence but timmy clark knows the horse well now this is the interesting thing so a tissue and hope in your heart are both in this market obviously now they both come out of the same race they come out of the king charles so you go have a look at the king charles run there 
Both of them went out the back. Atishu's come outside there with Kovalika, and Kovalika's given her absolute windburn. Hope in your hearts tried to hit the gap there just on the inside of Atishu and couldn't. She's had to then shift off heels and try and navigate her way through traffic up the straight, and she's actually finished much stronger in that run when compared to Atishu. Now, you go back and look at the uh, kind of the all-in betting there with Atishu, the and it was $6 all-in betting into the four fifty, particularly after J-Mac was booked, and and I think a lot of those people that have that idea in the head about last year when she, I forget what race it was, but she won a 2,000-meter race here. She was about 5 or $6 in the market, and she started with a two in front of her name. It was one of the biggest goes of last spring carnival, and she saluted. Now, the concern I have for this is I don't think it's the same setup for her, and I don't think she's actually going that well. So I think she's going to be included in the quaddies. I'm not, not going to not do that, but I'm just... Looking at the odds now with hope, hope in your hearts, obviously come in there because she opened up around the. There's about a nine dollar nine dollar price there at one point, so she's probably equal in the market now. You've then got Wishlaw Lashes on the quick backup after its brilliant win in the Tessio last weekend over the mile there at Mooney Valley. Now, this is a big step up in grade, loses Damien Lane, and I don't think she's going to get all the favours that she had last start. Now, you're looking at this, Barbie's Fox um, went toe-to-toe with her the start before there in the something, I forget what the race was, it was this mile race, I think it was the Jeweler's Vase, I think it was, um, where Barbie's Fox nosed her and then Wishlaw last fought back. So I'm, I'm not sure what to do with her. I think she's going to definitely go in the quaddy. Uh, you've got life lessons there. Barbie's Fox are both have been kind of stitched up with barriers as we touched on. And I think more secrets, Renaissance Woman and Shuffle Dance and even Osbred Flirt all have their chances. So if you're looking at this one, I'm going to be um, obviously brushing past Princess Grace because I think she's a false favorite. I'm going to put, um, let's have a look. I'll get these run numbers up for you. I'm going to put one, three, four, six, seven, eight, twelve. 13, 14, and 16 in this and try and get Princess Grace beaten. All right, so that's Flemington done in terms of 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 it. In terms of bets for me, the likelihood of, of me is probably going to have that bet on Lempika there in race three. I think Zardozio will win the... Um, sorry, the, the Wakeful, which is race five. I think the price is quite short about it now, but I'd love to, if I could get about 250 between, say 270, 280, then I'll be having a bet on her. Now, there's a couple of things here that I want to talk about with other races. So go to race one there, Influential. It's 443rd favorite. It is a joke. It won't even place in that race. I think it, I don't know. It's coming off a maiden win. So I don't know how it's starting 440, probably because J-Mac Waller, so no chance in that race. Now go to last race there. So race nine there in the Damien Oliver. Now you'll see here Tamerlane with J-Mac booked on board. Now the horse has Equicast on both its front legs. Now what that suggests to me is there's hoof problems with the horse. So be cautious with betting on that horse. Now there's two horses here that I like. I think Valana, if uh, he brings his best form, is a great chance. And what better fitting way for, for Damien Oliver to win his own race here at Flemington on the first on the last race of the first day of the carnival. And I think the other big one at odds here is here to shock. Now, I said it was a forgive run in our in our reviews there. I think it was trotted on there in that two rack and kind of lost a lot of momentum coming around the bend. Um, but I think you, you've got to forgive that run and look at the horses that it's run really well. Like it took Antino to point four of a length, gapping back to quite a few other horses there. And Antino obviously was a moral beaten last start and was just plagued by a bad ride from Shin, which is very unlikely. So in terms of um, in quaddy numbers in that last race, I'd be going one, two, four. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to risk Tamerlane. I know that's really, really bad. Eight, Munamek. Ten, here to shock. Twelve, Kalino. And I think that's it. 
So that's their Flemington Derby Day done. Now, I will make note that Connie and I are going to do a Melbourne Cup runner-by-runner, most likely on Sunday night. So that'll be everyone on Spotify and SoundCloud and all the, the other platforms, probably either Sunday night or Monday morning. So everyone can have a listen and start setting up their sweeps and bets and whatever they else they want to do. So I'll likely put up a, a first four recommendation and probably just how I'm going to be staking the race because... I'll be having a bet in the race, but it won't be anywhere near the staking that I normally would do on um, on a race day. All right, so that brings us now to Rose Hill there. Now, the rail's in the true position now. Uh, it's been racing very, very fast there in Sydney, as I've said, for the last few weeks. So it's been quite hard to make up ground just because they've been going so fast. Now, we've got fine weather leading up to Saturday. However, there are showers expected in the afternoon, which could reap havoc on the races, particularly those latter races like the Golden Eagle. So I wouldn't be suggesting having a bet now and I'd probably be waiting until the day just to see what the forecast is because we know how inaccurate those Bureau, Bureau of Meteorologists can be, but that's just plain safe um now the feature race obviously is the golden eagle and the giga kick stakes and then you got the rose hill gold cup and the four pillars probably there as your support card so we're going to be touching on races two seven eight and nine so first off this is the best bet on the rose hill card for me um it's a bm78 over 1500 meters now speed back and pattern i've got a moderate tempo set by clear choice diamond model and let me rain and then i have my bet i am um, nails murphy sitting just box seat just behind the speed so i loved um start around six ducks so it's a it's an import there from the uk um it started with a bit of market support there on uh on debut um it was i think it opened around 10 bucks and then started around the six dollar mark so he sat midfield in that race over the 1400 meters it was in this grade which is great he just peeled out to the outside and was only beaten by a very wide well not a small margin but uh, a margin that was probably not as bad as it looks on paper in sequestered now sequestered came out and was very short price favorite last weekend he did get rolled but i think it may have been an end of prep run for him now um you look at this horse's record i think he's had five starts for two wins a second and a third uh two thirds sorry it gives me every indication that the step up and trip is going to be no issue and i think he's got map favors over the other horses fancied in this market so this is my best bet on the card and I'll probably likely make it maybe a three or four unit play. Um, we then go to race seven there, which is the Giga Kick Stake. So this is like that follow-up race, I guess, to the Everest there. So you see a couple of horses there back up. Now we can obviously see you see a couple of horses back up there so you've got think about it who comes out of the the everest you got private eye there and then you got bella nipotine who comes out on the same day in the sydney stakes so i think there's only two real live chances in this race i think think about it just wins just judging by how well or how the speed map and the pace of this race is set up I don't think it's going to be as brutal as the one that we saw there in the Everest. And I think he got, he's got he got map advantage over Private Eye. And I think, honestly, proven thoroughbreds are likely to get the Quinella here. Now, Cascadian brings an interesting thing into this race. He can, he's coming back off a broken pelvis and will likely be suited to better up over that 1,400, 1,600, and even 2,000 metres eventually. But I think his trial back there on the 8th, I can't remember, the 815 was really, really nice with Zach uh, on board. So just look for him to be hitting the line really nicely. And then, of course, we've got Bella Nipotina there. So she's just one of those horses that just runs a brilliant um, brilliant race every time she, she, she races. And it was interesting when I dug back into Bella's um, history. So she's had 41 starts in her career, and this is the first time she's ever gone past 1,200. Now, judging by her run in the Sydney Stakes, I don't think there's any concern about her, the extra 100 metres. She keeps Craig. She's drawn a lot better, um, and I think she's... I just don't think she has the turn of foot of something like uh, Private Eye, and she's certainly not as tough as Think About It. So if you're looking at it at a betting perspective... <clears throat> excuse me i think you just go one four box exacta or bond four box quinella however you want to play it we then go to race eight now which is the golden eagle so this is a set weights for four-year-olds over the 1500 meters now it's 5.2 million dollars to the winner two million dollars to second one million to third now your honor roll has colding who won the inaugural one same silks as Kovalika. 
Colette. I'm thunderstruck and I wish I win last year. So it's not a bad honor roll for horses with some absolute superstars winning this race. Now, in terms of the speed map and pace, now this is probably the most interesting aspect of this entire race is there's not many notable leaders on this on paper. Now, obviously being a big multi-million dollar race, one would suspect that the lead, the only leader on paper in Pericles is going to have its way up front. But if you're looking at it from, from how the horses have done with their past runs, it does look the only leader, which is interesting. I can see Golden Mile probably rolling in from the outside barrier and probably parking up just behind or just outside Pericles, but I think Pericles be the one dictating the pace. Now, I'll touch on a few horses in here, and I'll just give you a bit of a betting suggestion there at the end. So, obviously, we've got Hawaii 5-0 there. You've got Nash on. Gaybot, who's absolutely flying. Barrier four. There's not much else you can say about this horse other than that he's absolutely airborne. I think he's up to this race in his eyeballs. Um, without sounding bad, I love that Nash gets on uh, instead of J-Mac. And the, I guess he gets back to his own age bracket, jumping back from Everest. Now, I did have a concern. I thought about it. I had a concern with him jumping from 1,200 meters to 1,500 meters. But when you go have a look at the horse, he's absolutely enormous. So I think he's actually going to be better suited up to 1,400 meters and probably a mile eventually. So I think he's the right favorite in this race. And he brings, like I said, he brings those elite form lines much better than a lot of the other horses here. And again, he's drawn well. You've then got Amelia's Jewel there. Now, I know this sounds bad, but I'm so glad that she's run so poorly last start because this is we finally get a price about her. So I think we can bet around the 440 mark there for her at the moment. Now, the wonderful thing here is Simon Miller has been really open about um, Amelia's Jewel this prep. He said she'd win first up, which she did. Second up, she was fantastic at Mooney Valley, sat behind that brutal speed set by Pride of Jenny, broke the 1,600-meter track record there. She was then third up into the um, the Turak now. He, wore, um, he did come out and say that she was off and that she didn't eat up uh, in the days leading up to the, the Turak. So one would suggest that there's probably an excuse there and she may have just had a cold or some sort of mild sickness. Now, Damien Lane's flown up to ride her. She maps just like a, um, a Hawaii Fover sit just behind the speed. Um, she's got the two 1,600-meter runs under about, so fitness is not going to be an issue. Um, it's just going to be a really interesting race with those two, and I think she's a, right, a real live chance. You've then got Legato there. Now, I'm very quiet when it comes to discussing New Zealand form after potting it so many times. Now, they keep coming out here and performing. I know Prowess won the Crystal Mile last week, and obviously Imperatriz is the first horse to win the William Reed, the Manicato, and the Moya all in the same year since the great Manicato when they weren't group ones. Now, Legato's form's been a bit interesting, though. So, like she First up, she beat Screw Whiff um, over there in New Zealand, who hasn't really done anything since. Um, then had a strong win there in the Matamata Cup, but did she really beat anything? I'm not sure. Now, the big thing you got to think about is her Australian Guineas run there, um, where she was just pipped by attrition. It was enormous. So I think she's a great chance, and another horse that's actually drawn really nicely. You've then got Kovalika there. Now, I was praying for Barrier 7 to 10, and we ended up with Barrier 16, unfortunately. Um, now, Barrier drew Barrier 14 there in the King Charles, dropped back and absolutely rocketed to the line. Now, we spoke about that with a tissue and gave her windburn. She's starting favourite there in the, in the Group 1 Empire Row. So I think he's a great chance for this. The only concern I have is, one, will he have the turn of foot to really in a horse like Amelia's Jewel or Hawaii Five O, from being right out the back and maybe six, seven, maybe even longer um, off them. That's the concern. He's also stepping back from the mile to the 1,500 metres, but we do know Waller's a grand final trainer. Now, the only thing I have is Waller's already said that he's going to be backing him up in the, the champion's mile the next week, uh, likely facing, I'm not sure if he's going to face Brightside, if he's going to go there, or but he'll, he'll likely face Fangirl. Now, the good thing is Tommy sticks, and he made very, very um, positive comments after that King Charles about him. Um, the concern I have is that barrier, though. Now you've got Obamburamai. Now I hope I got that right. Um, the Japanese horse. Now his regular rider Vitakataki was injured last weekend there at the tennis show, tennis show, uh, Tenno Show meeting there in Tokyo. So Josh Parr's actually been booked to ride it. Now Josh Parr is probably one of the most underrated riders there in Sydney. So I think the horse. It's not going to lose anything with having Josh on board. Now, the horse is also drawn really nicely. They're close to Hawaii Five-O and Amelia's Jewel. Now, I went back and watched a lot of his replays, and 
the horse has been sitting out back in a lot of the runs, but he has been jumping on even terms, which is a really good thing. So I'm hoping with the inside draw, he doesn't drop out the back and tries to reel him in because I think if he can sit quite handy, he's, he's, he's a miler there. So he's going to be able to absorb a lot of pressure and I think he can handle it. Um, just watch for any kind of betting moves with him as well. But I think he's great, great odds there around the $12 mark. You've then got Pericles there, who, like I said, is the only noted leader on paper. Really good in that Silver Eagle over an unsuitable trip. I think he can control this race, and I think Mellum is an absolute master of leaders, um, track biases, and dealing with those sorts of things. And obviously, he draws barrier one to do no work. He just needs to jump. So I think he's a great concern. If we do get that rain later in the day, Pericles handles wet going, so you'll be laughing. Now, the last horse I want to touch on is Osipenko. Now, brings the A form lines into this race, coming through the Winx Stakes, the Memsey and the Maccabi Diva, and also the Turnbull. Now, the only concern I have is one is 2,000 metres back to 1,600 metres, and if he's going to be a bit flat after that Turnbull run where he was given an absolute butcher by Ollie, where he kind of exposed him coming around the bend into that wind, and he tired late. Um, I thought his runs in the Winks and Memsey and the Maccabi Diva were, were fantastic. And he's another one who's actually drawn really nicely in barrier eight. Now, the thing is, does he, is he going to be all right dropping back 500 metres from his 2,000-metre run? And two, is he's had enough time since the Turnbull, I think, to recover. So I don't think he's going to be flat, but who knows? Now, I think if you're looking at a roughie for this race, I think Straight Acer is the only one. Now, in terms of a bet, I think if you had to put a gun to my head, I think Amelia's Jewel will win from Pericles and a fast finish in Kovalika and Hawaii 5-0, but I will not be betting into this race, and I'll be probably paying quite wide in the quaddy. Now, I've got two, I've got a one around the grounds and then um, a couple of horses on Friday that I want to touch on. So, in terms of uh, Eagle Farm, I want to go to Eagle Farm Race 9, a horse by the name of Go Wanji. So he's got a terrific record and he was actually touted as a as a Stradbroke horse um, not long ago. Now, since then, he's had 430 days off and he's had two throat surgeries. Now, the first one was to correct a breathing issue and the second one was to actually save his life because I believe that he's... Don't, I, don't quote me on this, but I think his tr- um, the muscle within his throat actually failed, so he actually struggled to breathe. So it was quite a quite a significant surgery that the horse had to go um, uh, under for. Now, if the horse is fully fit and wound up, he wins this race by absolute lengths. He's got a three from three first up record. He's got a three start, two win, and a third track record, and then a six start, four win, second, and a third um distance record so he's an enormous horse and i think he's if think if he's anywhere 80 percent fit i think he just wins this race now just keep an eye on the mounting yard and if you see bernie burdenet cooper give you a big tick of approval then or any money come then definitely get on now he's had no public jump out so i haven't been able to get my eyes on any footage but from all reports the horse is thriving again it's just a whether or not he's going to need the run or not now, in terms of the Friday tips, I've got three for you. I won't go into them because no one cares. But um, I've got Kilmore Race 4, Pisanello. We've got Mooney Valley tomorrow night in Prancing Spirit. And then Mooney Valley Race 7 in Cadmus. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed that podcast and just listening to my voice. Now, we'll be back on Saturday morning for our sport chat with all of us in the same room, as I mentioned. Um, and then we're going to have a punt at Derby Day. So if anyone's out and about having a punt, send us a DM, and we're more than happy to to send through any race selections, any bets or stakings or whatever, any, any more information that you require. Anyone, anyway, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Have a good night.